We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing? It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. He's Jesse. I'm Sean. Styers Squared, as Tommy Guns likes to say. I don't see Tommy in the chat right now, but glad to have you with us, whether you're in the chat or just hanging out right now. We're going to do a little bit of whiteboard tonight. How are you today, Jess? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I, I, I was in Columbus all day yesterday, did the show in Columbus, mm-hmm. uh, watched that Cowboys game with a buddy, stayed the night and then drove back to Cleveland early this morning, got the work stuff out of the way. Um, and then dove into some whiteboard stuff for the rest of the day. So I'm pretty excited. There is there, this is, I say this, I think every week, but I'm just getting better and better. My whiteboard this week, I'm excited. I got seven different Ooh. boards. Seven boards. Man, I don't know how we're going to get to seven boards tonight. <laughs> All right. I tell you what, you know, you brought up the game last night, and I'm not going to get into the like the game, the game, but I just want to say this trying to watch that Cowboys Chargers Monday night game last night. There's been a lot of complaining, sometimes whining, whatever you want to call it, about officiating at Notre Dame this season a lot of it justified don't get me wrong I'm not you know calling anybody out but after watching that game last night I think I'm just resigned to the fact now that officiating is just overall bad right now it's too subjective yeah and I don't care what level it's it's bad you're right there's a lot of subjectivity to it and you know I'm not talking about, you know, this should have been called or, you know, this shouldn't have been called, whatever. 20 total flags were thrown in the Monday night game last night. 20 flags, 20 penalties last night. That's not including, you know, any that were waved off or, you know, they didn't accept or whatever. 20 combined penalties. It it just made it a very rough watch last night. Yeah, it felt like there was no fluidity um, and I was texting you last night. I felt like that line judge was just up everyone's butt the entire game. And even Troy Aikman was saying, like, I've seen guys get away with way worse than this. It just felt like that line judge just wanted to prove a point because there was a lot of penalties on both sides where I was like, this just doesn't feel like a penalty to me. And so I just thought that there was a lot of subjectivity 
um, and a lot of penalties that could have gone either way, like a lot of 50-50 flags. And it felt like rather than, you know, calling the the impactful plays, they got caught up in calling a lot of these miscellaneous penalties. Like on that muff punt by the Cowboys, and I'm not just bringing up this one specifically because it benefits the Cowboys, but kind of am. But, <laughs> you know, first of all, the punt returner doesn't even have a clear space to catch the ball. And then you see on the replay, the, the gunner has his hand shoved up, you know, the, the, the Cowboys uh, cornerback guy, you know, trying to defend, pushing him into the punt returner. So you're committing two penalties penalties in one play that leads to a muff punt. It's just like, how do you not, how do you not get the big ones right? But you want to, you know, throw a flag every five plays because of illegal motion, illegal formation, that kind of stuff. I'm waving you off right now. Let's let's not go down this deep rabbit hole because we could stay on this, I think, for like a whole hour if we wanted. And I'm going to push the Joe Moore Award talk to rapid fire because when you told me you've got seven boards, as you saw, USMA 87, <laughs> he asked if you whiteboarded the whole game. So, but, uh, you know, as Salty says, got a fever. Only prescription is more whiteboard. So bring it on. Let's go. Whiteboard oh, time. We're going we're right into this time. thing, huh? We're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. You got seven boards, so we're going to jump into it. Let's get going. What are we going to start with on the whiteboard today? Uh, so I want to look at on Notre Dame defensively. I looked at the three interceptions, Caleb William interceptions in the first half, um, and then a nice stunt game that I liked. And then offensively for Notre Dame, I got into their first touchdown, uh, at the goal line, and then I got into the Chris Tyree touchdown, um, and then I just got into a play that I loved from Jared Parker, just the creativity. I just thought overall okay. it was a really good play. So right. um, four defensive. That for last? Is that going to be your last one? Yeah, and then three offensive. So I guess we will get into um, some of these Caleb Williams interceptions okay? and kind of come to some like root analysis of what caused these uh, so right. this, this is um, Caleb Williams' first interception. USC has the ball, uh, left hash around their 35-yard line. Uh, pre-snap, Notre Dame is showing a co- cover two look. Um, this is a safety, um, and then this is a safety over here. I'm not seeing what you're pointing at in terms of what you're saying. This is a safety and this is a – okay, now I see. I can barely see your pointer. So to the left there is is one of the safeties is what you're saying. Yeah, so you have a safety um, over here to the left, and then you also have um, a safety over here to the right. So again, Notre Dame pre-snap, showing cover two. Eventually, they're going to roll into cover one. That's kind of why I have this arrow here. It shows that this safety uh, is rolling to the middle of the field to go to a cover one look, and actually they're going to be man up underneath. And so that's what this kind of orange um, eight looks like, is this safety is going to man up uh, with the the USC tight end here on the left side, and I forgot to say what formation USC is in. They're on balls on left hound left hash, or sorry, uh, and then there's a tight end into the boundary, um, a wide receiver into the boundary into the field side. You have two wide receivers, um, and then the running back in shotgun. So what happens here is USC shows a pulling motion. So their right guard is pulling to the boundary. They fake a handoff to the running back. And simply what happens here is this, these box players in safety overcommit to the run play here. 
Um, and it really allows for this tight end to kind of slip behind coverage, slip behind um, these linebackers. Yeah, there was a huge space there. He ended up sitting wide open. There was yes. nobody between him and Caleb Williams, basically. The safety ends, you know, Watts ends up behind him. Yeah, and so that's kind of what this red circle represents here is where where this uh, tight end gets to when the ball is thrown. Literally, the only reason why this play happens is because this right tackle um, oversets, and what that means is he's one two, he's getting too uh, too far away from the line of scrimmage, so he's oversetting, and then that allows Javante Jean Baptiste just to just he's like a heat seeking missile. He's straight he in right now on Caleb Williams. And so while Caleb Williams has this tight end wide open over the middle of the field and Notre Dame's rolling into cover cover one that way, uh, this right tackle oversets Javante Jean-Baptiste immediately fires on Caleb Williams. He gets in his face. Um, and then Caleb Williams air mills the throw um, and Watts is just behind this tight end in the middle of the field and he intercepts it. So I guess what I'm getting at on this play is it wasn't a great defensive stunt. It wasn't, you know, some great disguise coverage. It was just great individual performance by Javante, Javon, or oh my gosh, John Javante Baptiste. Um, you said you in, said it right like three times before you got to the crucial point. Javante John Baptiste. Javante John. Ba- Sorry, I drank a Celsius before this, so I'm like a little fired up right now. Um, Javante John Baptiste gets into Caleb Williams' face. Now he forces the errant throw, um, and Xavier Watts. Uh, makes the play. And again, that's just because Javante Jean-Baptiste was playing fast and he forced that high throw over the top. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The fall season is incredibly busy for me, which makes it hard to spend the time needed to make healthy meals and live a healthy life. If you have the same problem, you'll want to try Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I've had Factor Meals, and I'm going to continue buying from them, especially with a special discount for Irish Breakdown listeners. With Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. 
You can choose from 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off. I've tried it. I'm sticking with them. You should try too. Good diagram there. Good way to start us off. John O'Connor says that I remind you of Dr. Johnny Fever. The last time I wore the WKRP shirt, I don't have it on today, but the last time I wore it, everyone was saying Les Nessman. It's like, come on, you can't give me Dr. Johnny. Heavy early. Remember when they when he, when he tried to go by heavy early? The early, uh, I think it might have been the... Uh, the first ever show the pilot okay well i won't get stuck on wkrp <laughs> what else you got we're going to go to another interception here yeah another interception uh let me make sure that I, they these always get out it? of the wrong order so i just need to make sure i have the right one okay here we go here is um the second one here so uh what what happens on this play is we have usc middle of the field um they are in a trips left look with the tight end. So they're, they're creating a trips look with the tight end. Um, and then to the right side, you have the running back and a single wide receiver. So this one, I kind of diagrammed a little bit of what's going on as the play is going, as the play is developing. So the first thing that you're going to notice is Notre Dame is bringing a six man pressure from the right side of the field. Uh, it's a corner fire and a backer fire. So I believe that's Benjamin Morrison because he's usually the guy manned up on the backside. It was. Um, and then Maris Leofal yep. um, is coming now. So uh, and then again, you got to mention, too, that the four defensive linemen are given a strong overlook uh, to the left side of the field. So Maris is going to hit the B gap. The defensive end is going to hit the A gap. And Benjamin Morrison is going to hit um, the C gap. And so what's going on in this look right now? is you can see Notre Dame has three guys deep here. So they're running basically um, a cover three here, right? But Caleb Williams at the snap of this ball, he, he realistically needed to get the ball out immediately because if Benjamin Morrison is coming now and Notre Dame's in a cover three look, that leaves about 10 yards. Well, by the time the, running, the wide receiver runs his route, it allows – there should be about five yards of separation between that cover three safety and the wide receiver because Benjamin Morrison is coming now. But what what's what ultimately ends up being Caleb Williams' dem demise here is that the snap of the ball, he's looking left. So he can't get that ball out to the right immediately because he's just simply looking, looking in the wrong direction. Yeah, he's yeah. just looking at the left side of the field. So he's not seeing basically that corner vacate um his zone. So what happens is this linebacker and corner are condensing the pocket. Caleb Williams has to step up. Um, and as he's stepping up, this deep kind of over route is developing. And again, I, I kind of talked about how this safety is in a cover three look, kind of like a cover three man, though, because he's really the only guy that's going to account for this wide receiver on the side of the field. Right. And so as this play is developing, our good friend uh, J.D. Bertrand is going to drop into this hole right here. And it's a very critical play part of this play that I think goes very unrecognized. Bertrand is sitting in this hole because both of these guys, wide receivers, inside wide receivers for USC are running crossing routes, right? And so he's basically just passing off crossers in the middle of the field. 
Well, what J.D. Bertrand does in this case is he gets his, his hands on this wide receiver as he's crossing his face. And this is a critical moment in the play because at the, at the point of contact, as Caleb Williams is stepping up to the pocket, as J.D. Bertrand is getting his hands on these wide receiver, the wide receiver has two options. He can either continue to drag across the field or he can get vertical or get depth and try to get past these safeties a little bit. Caleb Williams, as he's stepping up, he thinks that that this guy is going to continue, uh, you know, to drag across the field. Instead, he gets depth. And so as Caleb Williams is stepping up, he throws the drag route. Well, no one is there. And then the safety undercuts the route, a.k.a. Xavier Watts, right? Because he's playing over top with this guy. Mm -hmm. He's basically just following him. He sees that this guy gets vertical. Caleb Williams thinks he's running the drag route, throws the drag route as he's stepping up into the pocket because Notre Dame's bringing a six-man pressure off the edge. Uh, J.D. Bertrand gets his hands on these guys, and Xavier Watts just undercuts the throw. So, again, a big point of this route is J.D. Bertrand dropping in his hole and getting hands on this wide receiver because it, it forced the wide receiver into a reroute and the reroute is either get vertical or continue to drag. Kayla Williams thinks he's dragging. Wide receiver goes vertical. Watts undercuts the throw. Excellent. So that was, I think, what well, ultimately, so I talked about in the first play what caused the interception. I thought it was just great individual effort. Um, on this second play, I thought it was just a combination of everything. Notre Dame brought a great six-man pressure. Bertrand gets drops into the hole, gets another great individual performance. Uh, reroutes that wide receiver, and then from there, it's just an undercut uh, from Xavier Watts. All right, and he takes it. Was it to the two or to the one yard line? He didn't didn't obviously didn't quite punch it in, but he got all it took was one play for Audrey Castamay to score. One that. play. Jeff says uh, he that uh, I'm more uh, co-anchor Brian Fantana. <laughs> <laughs> I know you think whiteboard works sixty percent of the time, every time. That's right. It's got uh, quite an odor as well, singes the nostrils, if you will. Little Brian Fantana. All right. So that's two. What's whiteboard number three for us today? We're on a yeah. Roll. Whiteboard number three is, is um, ready. Yeah, Caleb Williams' third interception. Um, in the first half. So there's a lot that's going on in this play in particular. And it's just, it's, you know, a lot of these USC plays were self-inflicted, but at the same time, it was a combination of Notre Dame performing really well at the same time. And it just, USC just didn't do um, anyone, you know, any, they they just didn't do themselves favors. And it's exactly uh, what happens on this play. So a lot of what I'm doing with these circles that you can see Green represent Notre Dame players. Red represent um, USC players. And they're kind of like the critical players slash areas of the field where a lot of things are happening. So when you see this whiteboard, just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. So we have ball in the left hash. Um, It's a a two-by-two formation, meaning there's two wide receivers into the boundary, two wide receivers um, to the field side. Caleb Williams is in shotgun, uh, wide receiver to his right. So you have three players to the field side. Essentially, this is a six-man box with Notre Dame, you know, four, four defensive linemen, uh, two linebackers. This In this look, you know, when, when USC is going, you know, kind of two-by-one or three-by-one with co- the quarterback and the running back and the shotgun, um, this is what has shown to kind of be effective, right? Like you got a six-man box is enough to kind of slow down the run game but also be, uh, you know, respectable 
in the past game a little sure. bit. So this is very noticeably, you know, cover one. They just have one safety in the middle of the field, and then you kind of have the rest of your corner safety pressed up, manned up. So it's a, it's a very obvious pre-snap cover one look from Notre Dame. So at the snap of the ball, again, this right guard is pulling into the boundary. Caleb Williams is faking a handoff, giving that kind of RPO look. Left tackle is allowing this defensive end to come free, because, and that's Jordan Vitello. Um, and so this right guard is trying to pull and kick. <laughs> Ultimately, what happens here is this right guard gets just about to the left guard, and he trips and falls. <laughs> and so that's what I was talking about, of just USC not doing themselves um, any favors. And so when he trips, Vitello is obviously rushing upfield because, you know, he's he's getting a look. His, his, his tackle is uh, blocking down, so he needs to come upfield. This right guard falls. The running back also is taking this, you know, fake handoff. So they get a hand on Batello right in here, but it's a not enough uh, to, to fully block him. So what is what does that cause? That causes Caleb Williams to now have to roll out into the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the time he gets over here, he's 10 yards back from the initial um, line of scrimmage. And so we've gotten to the part of Jordan Patello disrupting Caleb Williams to kind of start sprinting out or rolling out into the boundary. And here's another unsung hero of the play, in my opinion. Um, and it's Maris Leofau because what he's getting, both of these linebackers are getting a pulling guard, right? And so Maris Leofau is going to take in, in a scenario where the running back gets the ball. Maris Leofau is playing the upfield shoulder of the running back. And J.D. Bertrand is playing the back shoulder of the running back. And they're both basically staying in phase as this right guard is pulling and as the, the halfback is, you know, trying to take this handoff, right? So naturally, Maris Leofau and J.D. Bertrand, they're flowing with the play. They're getting downhill. Well, once the play kind of blows up, Kayla Williams is rolling out. Maris Leofau has a decision. And I'm going to assume that Notre Dame's rules were very similar to everything I was ever taught um, but essentially, when a quarterback starts a sprint out or a rollout and you've determined that the play is broken down, these two linebackers have to come together uh, to make the play. And usually what happens is the near side uh, linebacker, in this case, Maris Leofau, once he notices rollout or sprint out, he immediately has to get pressure and get in Caleb Williams' face now. Because if he doesn't, Caleb Williams can just roll out, set his feet, and make a throw. But with Maris Leofau coming down on him, Noticing that it's a rollout, it's a sprint out, a busted play. He is running into Caleb Williams' face now. And then J.D. Bertrand is just going to drop into this hole and make sure that, you know, anything over the middle of the field, that's going to be his responsibility. So Caleb Williams is now rolling out. He sees Maris uh, Leofel coming, you know, sprinting at him. And now is where it gets into trouble uh, for Maris Leofel because this field side number two wide receiver is running a deep drag over the middle of the field. Um, this two wide receiver into the boundary is just running a go route. So he's just trying to, you know, basically vacate the defensive back out of there. Um, and then the, the last wide receiver into the boundary is running a hook. That's important because, you know, by the time this deep drag gets to the, the other side of the field, Caleb Williams rolls out and throws this ball. He's flipping his hips um, and he's throwing back across his body. And so with this hook route, this, this corner comes off the route and he easily just jumps, you know, this deep drag route coming across his face. But I don't think this happens 
unless Maris Leofau gets pressure in his face now because Caleb Williams can come out, he can set, he can flip his hips. He doesn't have to worry about throwing a ball across his body or potentially mm-hmm. airmailing it. He probably hits that drag route right on the money, actually. Um, but Maris Leofau, again, forced a hurried throw. And that was the theme that we talked about last week is what are you doing to force Caleb Williams into some throws, essentially. Yep. Yep. So that's what ended up happening um, on the third interception. Well, and that's why, even though you've kind of pointed to, well, some of this stuff was self-inflicted by USC or or whatever, it was still ultimately about Notre Dame's defensive players, as you pointed out on these three plays, Notre Dame's defensive players getting that pressure on Caleb Williams. Oh, it's and, a great individual effort every yeah, play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Getting the pressure, making him have to make those decisions and get the ball out quicker than he wanted to get it out. It's exactly what we pointed out last week. How are you going to make Caleb Williams? How are you going to get him off schedule? You got to make him make the decisions quicker than he wants to make decisions. Otherwise he's just going to like, he could have felt that pressure and he, you know, he might've, you know, dodged duck dip dived and dodged right out of there. And, and, you know, just eluded the pocket like we saw him do so many times last year. But uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame got it on him when they needed to get him, get it on him. And they made him made three big mistakes. And as we pointed out on yesterday's show, they turned all three of those mistakes into touchdowns. The offense did, which was huge as well. So those are the first three (coughs) boards, the three interceptions that we start with. Where are we moving next? Uh, We are moving to just, this is just more of a defensive stunt. Like that's what it's like outside of the interceptions. It's hard to like, you know, uh, (laughs) kind of figure out what's important after that. I just thought that this stunt uh, ended up being really nice. And again, showed just outstanding uh, individual effort here again by Notre Dame. And so this is very late in the game. This is 38 to 20, uh, five minutes left. It's fourth and nine. Uh, USC has the ball. It's they're, they're right around their own 22, 23 yard line. Um, ball is on the right hash. They have running back and tight end into the boundary and they have trips over to the field side. Um, and then w- what's important to kind of show in this look is just look at Notre Dame's box or, you know, six man configuration that they got going on right now. So, um, this is Javante Jean-Baptiste. This is Howard Cross. I forget who this guy is. Um, this is Benjamin Morrison lined up again, right here. I, again, I can barely see where you're pointing, so I don't know if maybe there's a way to mark these guys as you uh, <laughs> point out who they are. Oh, yeah. Give me <laughs> one second. That's helpful because I need to know feedback-wise um, yeah, if, there you if go. these things can be seen. Uh, so this guy is Javante Jean-Baptiste. Okay. This guy is Howard Cross. Okay. This is J.D. Bertrand. Um, this is Benjamin Morrison. This is this is Jalen Sneed. And then I can't remember. Oh, this is Maris Leofau. This is Maris Leofau here on the edge. Okay. So to go through him again, you have Howard Cross. Uh, then you have or sorry, you have Javante Jean-Baptiste and you have Her- Howard Cross. You have Jalen Sneed technically playing like a, you know, inside defensive tackle. Uh, you got Benjamin Morrison to his right or sorry, his left man on man with that tight end. And then on the very outside um, is Maris Leofau. And then Bertrand is the linebacker kind of uh, standing back over the top. But the reason why I like this is, again, like look at this configuration 
that Notre Dame is presenting to the offensive line. You have like four guys over here in this, you know, area and you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. And so mm-hmm. Jalen Sneed immediately bull rushes um, upfield. Maris Leofau is pushing up field kind of across the face uh, of the tight end slash on the outside shade of the right tackle. Um, Javante Jean-Baptiste is crashing down. Howard Cross is working across the face of the guard. He's crashing down. Um, And and so what happens is, you know, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Cross, and Sneed just bull rush these guys. They physically bull rush these guys. And so they're pushing the pocket into Caleb Williams here. J.D. Bertrand uh, fakes like he's blitzing, and then he loops behind Howard Cross. So now he's into the party over here between Jean Baptiste and Howard Cross. Uh, Maris Leofel acts like he's coming, and then he drops off too into kind of like a spy look. Um, but ultimately, what it's, ends up happening here is there's just four guys on the quarterback, and it's a party at the quarterback, right? Like it's just again, <laughs> tremendous individual effort combined with a really nice stunt up front, you know, with some of your, you know, Jalen Sneed, Maris Leofel, JD Bertrand, all on one side of the field. And on the other side, it's Howard Cross, Javante Jean Baptiste. They just work these guys, and then you stunt Bertrand over. Um, so you're hoping that Caleb Williams steps up into that pressure and steps right into the lap of JD Bertrand. And if he gets away from that, Maris Leofau is also, you know, rushing and then peeling back into a spy look. And so in case they get away from all of that, that's already going on. You have Maris Leofau as kind of a security blanket or spy um, at the end of the day. So again, not, you know, not some crazy tremendous play, but I just love the individual effort and the, the Al Golden's creativity to get kind of these guys, Maris Leofau, J.D. Bertrand and Jalen Sneed into a stunt together on the field. And, you know, this is a big sap, big sack. It ultimately was kind of the exclamation point on the game, in my opinion, on fourth yeah, down. For sure. And they, they, uh, you know, they end up, they showed that they were bringing five, but then, as you said, Maris Leofau drops off after showing that he's going to, you know, to to rush. They showed they're bringing five. They brought four. And like you said, fourth down, come up with a big sack. That's, you know, and that was that was part of the thing that Marcus Freeman talked about after the game. We couldn't just rush three guys. They had to bring much more than just three guys, whether it was four, five, six, whatever it happened to be. And they just, a lot of different looks, showed a lot of heat, brought a lot of pressure on Caleb Williams all night long. Just didn't, didn't just sit back there, play prevent, try to prevent him from picking him apart. They brought pressure on him and, and boy, did it pay off. Yeah. It a hundred percent paid off. Um, and it, it just USC really had um, at the end of the day, no sort of response for it. Right. It's like they mm-hmm. completely game plan for something else. Notre Dame came out and it, they just couldn't adapt uh, quickly enough. And by the time that they like, one, they didn't at all. And then at halftime when you were like, oh, they really need to, it felt kind of too late at that point. And USC just kind of kept kept digging themselves um, deeper and deeper into that hole. So that concludes defensively where I'm at uh, for this game. And yes, we are up to four boards uh, with three that boards was four. left. That was, yep, four, four down, three to go. So we got three offensive boards coming up now. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Three offensive boards coming up, and the first one is the touchdown to Jabron Payne and you know on paper it doesn't look like much but this is a touchdown off a turnover it sets the tone early you grab a 7-0 lead at home um, against an undefeated rival and and a team that's ranked um, ahead of you so again I did some pre-snap you know green is Notre Dame red is USC Uh, green circles mean you know players that are impactful on this play um, and then if you see a green or red circle floating, that's kind of, you know, where the play ends up, ends up developing at. So uh, we have the ball. Notre Dame has the ball around the five-yard line, kind of center of the field, uh, a little bit towards the left hash. Um, they are going with tight end trips to the right side, meaning that they have a tight end on the line of scrimmage, and they have two wide receivers split out that side. They also have, you know, Sam Hartman's in shotgun with Jabron Payne split out to his right, and then they have one wide receiver um, over to the left side of the field. So um, what happens here is immediately on this play and what sets this up is Notre Dame's entire offensive line is kind of, I don't know the technical terminology for offensive line, but they're basically all blocking to the right. They're all sliding to the right here, right? And so what this play is set up to do is – The defensive end or the linebacker that I have circled here that's kind of in the middle of the field, one of two things needs to happen on this play. Either this defensive end peels and takes the running back into the flat or the linebacker notices man-to-man and he takes the running back out of the flat. And so Hartman's read is, what are these guys doing? And so immediately this defensive end is bull rushing. This linebacker steps up. Your entire line is sliding to the right. So it looks like you're about to throw to the right side where you have three wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Your running back leaks over into the flat. Uh, Jaden Greathouse simply is just running like a two-step slant route. And his job is just to wall off anyone that comes over here. Maybe that's a safety over the top. Maybe that's a linebacker over the top. Whoever's coming this way, his job is ultimately just to wall them off. 
No one accounts for Jabron Payne out of the backfield. Again, the DND either needs to peel into the flat or the linebacker needs to take him man-to-man to the flat. Sam Hartman notices that. Um, and I think the, the unsung part of this game or part of this play that goes unnoticed is this defensive end is still bull rushing Sam Hartman right now. Sam Hartman still has to throw a ball either over or around this defensive end that's barreling down on him. He makes a beautiful throw, an extremely athletic throw. He gets the ball to Payne, obviously, over here um, in the flat. And then I thought Jabron Payne, one, made a really good catch. And two, he immediately got vertical into the end zone. You know what I mean? Like he didn't try to kind of peel this ball off and fight, you know, basically uh, race this kind of defensive back over to the corner of the end zone. He caught the ball, put his foot in the ground, got vertical and got his body um, into the end zone. So I just thought that that was a tremendous play design overall by Notre Dame because they influenced these defensive ends and linebackers and they just didn't make a decision. Yeah. And what did we talk about last week? Tendencies Notre Dame was showing that they needed to be able to break to have success. And that's, that's to me what this play did because more times than not, when Jabron Payne is on the field and look, they're, they're in an and goal situation. You know, they're, they're, they're inside the 10 yard line. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're knocking on the door of the end zone. So you bring Jabron Payne in. What's USC think that Jabron Payne is going to do if he's in the game? Try to do a short yardage run somewhere between the tackles. And then, like you said, they used the offensive line. They shifted away from where Jabron Payne was flowing out of the backfield. He flows through that B gap and then boom, it's just an easy Little uh, easy little toss for Sam Hartman, even though you know it ended up looking maybe a little bit more complicated than it than it was. But again, they they broke tendency, flip a little touchdown pass to Jabron Payne. He only had seven receptions all season going into the game, so they don't throw to Jabron Payne that much. But they did there, and they get their first touchdown out of it. I thought it was a you know again nothing nothing overly complicated, but they broke they broke tendency right away with that play, and they scored a touchdown out of it. A hundred percent. And that's why this play uh, was ultimately effective. So um, next play I'll get into. Everyone probably thinks it's the Tyree touchdown. Well, actually, let's do the Tyree touchdown. Oh, OK. Um, and again, this is <laughs> this this play is really cool to me because it felt like, you know, we, we talked about last week. What if Jordan Faison was going to play in this game? He was coming off scholarship. What does that mean for this offense? How are you going to use him? Because now he's a scholarship player. And so my solution was find a way to have Chris Tyree and Faison on the field at the same time. And what do we get here? And this is honestly one of my one of my favorite Notre Dame formations as well. A formation that's kind of had um, a lot of success. It's called trips closed. Notre Dame has the ball on the left hash. Tight end is into the boundary. So he is what is closing the formation. And then you have trips over to the field side. Uh, Sam Hartman is in shotgun with the halfback also split out to his right. So you have three, a, a running back split out to the right. And you have three wide receivers uh, to the field side also split out. And so what makes this play so effective for Notre Dame is first of all, they do a little play action, right? And so while it doesn't seem like much, a little play action gets the corners to bite a little tiny bit, right? Just enough to take a step forward. Um, That's really kind of 
all that's needed. So I have a circle around the number three wide receiver. That's Faison. I have a circle around the number two wide receiver. Um, that is Chris Tyree. Ultimately, what happens here is Chris Ty- or sorry, Faison um, at the snap of the ball is, as you see, is running about a 10 to 12 yard out route. He's getting depth, 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 depth. And the reason why this is important is because Chris Tyree is also running a deep post route or a deep, you know, uh, yeah, post route, but he's deep working. Post. Yeah, he's working back towards the middle of the field after being split out to the right side. But he's making his break also at ten to twelve yards. So both wide receivers are making their break at ten to twelve yards. Why this is so important is because you can see I have a floating circle here and an arrow going each way. Well, when both wide receivers are making their break at ten to twelve yards you're forcing this safety to make a decision. Do I come underneath on the phase on under route or do I go deep with the Chris Tyree post route that's going over the middle of the field? As soon as Hartman sees this safety go flat, meaning he's coming flat onto this, you know, uh, this, this out route, 10, 12 yard phase on out route. He notices that immediately and he knows he's about to cut this ball loose to Chris Tyree that's got man-on-man coverage going across the middle of the field. So that's, again, this is what we talked about. How are you going to have Faison and Tyree on the field, and how are you going to force the defense to basically pick one guy or the other? Are you going to step down on Faison, or are you going to go over top and help uh, on the Chris Tyree route? Well, he steps down on the deep out route, um, and, and the rest is really history from there. Chris Tyree runs a beautiful route. Sam Hartman throws a beautiful ball. He lays it up to Chris Tyree. And they score a important touchdown right after USC put some points on the board. But again, this is all predicated by putting this safety into a bind. Both of these wide receivers making their routes, getting out of their cutting out of their routes at 10 to 12 yards in depth. And the safety has to make a decision now. Am I going with this route or am I going with that route? And you just throw to the ball, you throw the ball to the guy that he doesn't decide to go to. Yeah. And 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 ultimately, with four games to go in the regular season and one bowl game to go this is kind of how i think that potentially maybe notre dame's offense can sort of get unstuck you know in in terms of what's going on with the consistency of the passing game if if you can if you can line these two up together more often you're doing you're doing the simple thing like you just talked about you're making the safety have to make a decision which which guy am i going to take and either one of these guys can burn you with their speed. And then even if they're going to play, you know, a couple, couple safeties deep then, and you've got both of those guys together, it also potentially, I think can open up some stuff for the outside receivers who have ultimately been so ineffective, unfortunately. Yeah. Them. So, uh, you know, what, what happens here is, you know, Notre Dame's going to put this, 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 this play on tape now. Right. And so like you talked about, I think everyone will get caught up with these two inside guys where you still have Rico Flores running a go route on the outside and you still have Mitchell Evans kind of running a deep out route himself. So even if these plays get, you know, kind of tied up or they maybe compensate to make sure that these, you know, that this kind of thing doesn't happen again, well, that still allows you to get maybe a one-on-one matchup here with Flores or one-on-one matchup here with Mitchell Evans on an undersized. Or maybe it's Great House or Jaden Thomas or whoever it happens to be. Yeah. Right. All right. So that is number six. One more to go. One more to go. And this is just, this is just a fun play. This is, (laughs) I gave Jared Parker a lot of crap 
you know, after the Louisville game, probably deservingly so, right? Um, but you also need to recognize and give a man him, his, his flowers too um, at the same time. And that's what I'm going to do uh, when I show this play. So um, I can't remember, you know, where Notre Dame was uh, at this point of the field or sorry, at where this was in terms of game. I think it was, um, I think it was like just to start the second quarter, I want to say. But anyways, what's happening here is Notre Dame has the ball in the left hash right around the 42-yard line. Uh, they have trips to the right side or the field side of the, of the field. Um, and then into the boundary, you have the running back uh, split out and shotgun. And then you have a single wide receiver also split out to the boundary. So if these lines don't make a lot of sense, I will make them make sense right now. Essentially what's happening is Notre Dame is running a double screen concept, right? And so right now at the snap of the ball, the running back is flaring out into the boundary, basically, you know, looking like a screen. This wide receiver is just trying to run off this defensive back because obviously they're setting up a screen. Um, and then your left tackle and your left guard are taking about one step back and then they're pulling out into the boundary to be lead blockers for your running back um, in a running back screen. So uh, if you look at the whiteboard right now, you see I have two circles around two players. I have a circle around the defensive end into the boundary and a circle around the linebacker um, into the boundary. And so what they're looking for right now at the snap of the ball, Sam Hartman's taking the ball and he's looking left. And if one of these guys, defensive ends or linebacker commits to the screen play over here, meaning, you know, they flash that way or show that way, he's immediately going to look to the field side and see, you know, what's going on. Um, and this screenplay. And so I'll, I'll, I'll go over the field side now. Uh, the, the number one wide receiver, I believe this is a tight end. I'm about 100% sure it's a tight end. He's just running about a four or five yard out route. And essentially all he's doing that for and why it's a tight end, is he's a bigger body um, and he's going to seal off anything that comes this way. This is Chris Tyree. He takes a couple steps and then peels back into a tunnel screen um, and then your number one wide receiver, again, he's just running off that defensive back, just trying to vacate less players uh, for Notre Dame to block. Right. And so uh, and then again, on this play, your right tackle is, you know, basically setting back. Um, and then your center and right guard are also going to take about a one one step set. And then the center is looking to peel off and wall off anything backside. And then your right guard is peeling off and is eventually going to be a lead blocker. Um, up the seam for Chris Tyree when he gets this route. So there are two screen plays built into the singular play here. So Chris, again, Sam Hartman takes the snap. He looks left. He's reading the defensive end and linebacker. If they show any commitment towards the running back screen over here, he's immediately going to look to the right um, and he's going to throw the tunnel screen. And that's what he does. Chris Tyree catches the ball and he runs right up the seam for about, I think like 15, 20 routes. Or 15, 20 routes, 15, 20 yards. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think it was around 16 yards or something like that was the gain, if I remember right. But Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, again, it's cool that this play had two options built into it um, at the same time. And you're allowing Sam Hartman to make a read uh, basically on the snap of the ball, noticing if anyone's going to cover this wide receiver screen. Okay, that's covered. I'm immediately flipping back to the field side. And I'm throwing Chris Tyree the tunnel screen now. He does that, and they get upfield for about 16 yards. Excellent. Excellent. 
stuff. Salty, Salty is requesting that you uh, whiteboard prices, Jadorian prices, <laughs> kickoff return. He wants to see every single yard of it. That was something, too. It was good to see they, they really needed that, you know, especially the way the game went. You know, they needed that momentum. But uh, yeah, I I thought that uh, it was we, we started to see Jared Parker get back to some of the more creative stuff that we saw from him earlier in the season with some of that design right there, like you were talking about. Some of it more simple than others, but really, you know, not overly complicated, but it's interesting that that same play, they had screen set up on both sides and, and essentially all Hartman had to do is make two quick read, you know, one quick read and then decide, okay, are they committing or not? They are. So I'm going to the other side and, and there it was, and it ended up being a nice, nice, uh, pretty sizable game for Chris Tyree. So well, it's just tough. an easy way to get 15 yards. You're not, it's just not a laborious 15 yards. And I think that's the type of stuff that you're looking for is how can we get yards efficiently? And you're not just, it doesn't need to be this crazy concept or design. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It can be simple stuff like this. Yes. It's the kind of stuff that we've talked about that you can get Chris Tyree more involved in the passing game. Uh, a guy with his uh, skill, speed, and ability. Great stuff as always, Jesse. With the whiteboard, golf clap, well done, much appreciated. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.